0: ghosts, ghouls, and things that go bump in the night, and maybe some zombies today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, I'm your host Jason Carpenter, I'm having a great day, I hope you're having a great day too, happy Halloween. You can tell I didn't really plan this out super well, because technically the Halloween episode should have come out yesterday, because most people listen to it a day late, but... This is my first Halloween. You can the show doesn't have the best planning if you haven't realized that, but we get you good stories. I think, I think sometimes they may come off a little. <laughs> the timing may be a little off, but you know that you get them. I hope you enjoy them. So uh, some quick bits of news. Uh, just a reminder: starting November, f- the week of November fifth, we're not going to have any shows. I'm going to take that week off. I'm going to doing it to. Partially to relax and partially to catch up on my research. The iceberg topics require the most research. So that's why I try to do just one a week. Secondly, starting season three, we are renaming the show to The Walking Dead Rabbit. It is just going to be a Walking Dead recap show. Because that's all that matters. I'm joking, obviously. But, uh, man, you know, Sunday is Rick's last episode. And I know a lot of people still aren't into The Walking Dead. A lot of people have kind of given up on it but i don't know man you know i've been watching it for nine years now and i've been on that journey with rick it's really the only television show i watch i watch the walking dead every episode i watch every episode of it's always sunny in philadelphia and i'll catch the occasional episode of the simpsons the new episodes of the simpsons that's it other than that i'll watch movies i don't watch any other television shows so simpsons i'll kind of catch i'll watch like three or four episodes in a row when i remember But It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and The Walking Dead are the shows that I, every week I watch them. I make time to watch them. I get my little, whatever I'm doing, like going to eat dinner or sit back and drink a soda and watch those shows. So it sucks to know that Rick is leaving. I saw the trailer for the new, for his last episode and it doesn't look good for him. And it looks cool because it actually looks like you're going back through his past memories as he's reliving them. It, it looks it looks great. So hopefully he doesn't die and he comes back, you know, at the end of the show. But it doesn't really look like that's going to happen. So, um, but I but yeah, we're not going to be a recap show. But I do really enjoy watching The Walking Dead, and I think you guys would too. I'd give it another chance if you've stopped watching it. If you already watch it, then that's cool. So I wanted to talk about some ghost stories today. I wanted to talk about some story because that's the one thing I think the show lacks the most for me is the paranormal aspect. We do a lot of conspiracy stuff. And then a medium amount of paranormal and very little true crime. And I'm kind of fine with that, but I'd like to bump up the ghost stories just a little bit. The problem is is that a lot of times, I've become in my age a little more skeptical of ghost stories. I think they're really fun and they spook me out and I love talking about them. But I can't help, I can't help sometimes, sometimes accidentally disproving them. Now, not all the time, but that's one of the reasons why I'll look up a ghost story and I'm like, oh, you know, that's really cool. And then I look at it a little bit more and I'm like, damn it. It's totally not true. And this is why it's not true. So for this episode, I want to look at one of my favorite ghost stories that I'd heard over the years. And it is the flight. It's flight 401. So some quick background to this. This was a real event Flight 401 was an airplane. It was well, obviously, but I mean, it was a. I, I think it was like a. a what was it? A lockjet? Is that even a thing? Okay, so back in the night, back in the year 1972, there was a Lockheed aircraft that was flying a bunch of people. It had 163 people on it and and the crew, and they're flying and the. They're going to land in Florida. Now, what happened was they went to switch on their landing gear, and there's a sort of light that's supposed to come on to say that the landing gear is locked and ready for use, and the light didn't come on. And it's nighttime, and the guys are like, hey, uh, you know, we can't really get a visual on whether or not this is down yet. And they're fiddling with it, and they call ahead to the air traffic control, and they said, hey, we're going to circle around a bit and try to figure out what's going on with their landing gear. And air traffic control goes, okay, hit 2,000 feet, circle around the Everglades. So they they took apart the assembly, and they're looking at the light to figure out why it's not on. They send a guy down into the cone, because they do have down there a way to visually look out to see if the landing gear is down. And at one point, the captain's like, hey, put on the autopilot while we're doing this. So they clip on the autopilot, and something goes wrong. Either the autopilot gets knocked off accidentally or shuts itself off, some sort of glitch, But the plane drops a little bit in elevation and then slowly begins to glide down into the dark swamp. And it's happening so slowly, the pilots don't realize that the plane's descending. And eventually, it just crashes into the Everglades, into the swamp. The pilots and the flight engineer, they died. Two of the 10 flight attendants died, and 96 of the 163 passengers died. Some of them died on impact, and some of them died because... They, like they're just bleeding out. They, or they took him to the hospital and there's nothing they could do for him. What happened was they took pieces out of this flight, Flight 401. And they didn't have a lot of Lockheed jets back then. This was kind of a newer jet. So they began putting the pieces into other Lockheeds that were in service. I had always heard this story as one of the most verifiable ghost encounters. Because basically the story went that every plane that had a piece of Flight 401 in it experienced ghostly sightings. One of the most notable ones was there was a plane, I believe it was going to Mexico City, and this woman was this flight attendant. She wasn't just a woman, but she's a flight attendant. She notices something out of the corner of her eye, and she looks in the oven because she saw something there, and she saw the face of a man staring at her from inside the oven. And it totally freaked her out, but I don't know if the man said it while he was in the oven or then popped out of the oven, but anyways, it was the ghost of Don Repo, who was the one of the flight engineers on Flight 401. He said there's going to be a fire on this plane, and as that plane was descending into Mexico City, one of the engines burned out, caught on fire, and supposedly the ghost of Don Repo then went, or the captain, one of the two ghosts, went into the cabin and talked the pilots down so they could land the plane. Extraordinary story. These other planes that had these pieces also had sightings of it, including like the vice president of Eastern Airlines, which is the company that ran the jet and the fleet of jets that had these parts. He said that he saw the ghost of Tom Loft, who was the captain. Stewardesses said that they saw ghosts. Passengers said that they'd be sitting in their chair and they'd look over and there'd be a, a like a person in an aviation uniform. What is is that the right word? A captain uniform, I guess. Sitting next to him and they'd be like, oh, hey, I didn't see you there. And then they would disappear and like other people on the plane would be like, oh, my God, totally disappeared. And so the conspiracy was, was that Eastern Airlines, like in any flight where they recorded in their logbook, I saw a ghost. Eastern Airlines removed the logbook and replaced it with a new one. And the flight where the captain was in the cockpit talking the other pilots down, the voice recorder for that disappeared. So Eastern Airlines was making a concerted effort to shut down this investigation. All of this came out when an author wrote a nonfiction book called The Ghost of Flight 401, and his name was Fuller, John G. Fuller. So he writes this book, and it became very popular. They made several movies about it, and it's been considered one of those cases that could have been the most, like, concrete way to prove the existence of ghosts, but... Eastern Airlines, they took all the parts out of all the planes. Like, they cannibalized Flight 401 and put the parts in these other planes, and that's where the ghosts were showing up. Well, they took all the parts out and got rid of them because they were tired of the ghost stories. And so we were no longer able to verify this. Now, I remember reading about that story a long time ago, and honestly, I I probably saw or at least heard of the movie as a child because it's an older movie. And it's kind of creepy because you're already on an airplane. You're already fairly trapped. And I was like, this would be a good, like, Halloween story. And so I started looking into it. I had a a basic memory of it. And then I had to kind of, like, track it down and stuff like that. And there's been a lot of pushback on it in recent years. That it's absolutely 100% fake. 100% fake. And the pushback is, is that there was another author who wrote a book about the history of Eastern Airlines. And... Eastern Airlines, at the time, they were so incensed, the fact that this author was saying that there was a conspiracy to hush up ghosts, that they were going to sue him. They were actually going to sue him for defamation, because they said it's completely foolish to think that, one, we would care about ghosts at all, and then, two, basically punish our employees for believing ghosts. The Eastern Airlines launched their own internal investigation, and begin talking to people, and everyone's like, I never saw a ghost. The book In the book, The Ghost of Flight 401, all the names are changed, so you can't track down the initial people he talked to. But Eastern Airline talked to pilots and all that stuff, and they're like, no, I never saw a ghost. I read the book, too. I heard about it. It's totally nonsense. The wife of Captain Loft, she tried suing Fuller for uh, invasion of privacy and things like that, and that case got dismissed not because... It turns out the book was true, but because Invasion of Privacy really only works if the person's not a public figure, and you could argue that Tom Loft was a public figure. He was very well known. He was part of this accident. And so I'm reading all this stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe Eastern Airlines is just kind of covering, like, maybe they did cover it up, and now they have to cover their tracks so that they covered it up. And so I'm doing this research, and I was already kind of loose. I was like, oh, man, you know, I- this is a story that I always liked, and, and there's some pretty Pretty interesting pushback to it, but then I was reading another website, and it put the nail in the coffin. They said there there were no pieces salvaged from Flight 401. None. The plane on impact just got shredded, and this website I was on, it was called Skeptoid, because I'll look at the, the skeptical websites, and they really pop up at the top of the searches a lot of times. But I was going to tell the story initially, and then once I found out that there was some controversy about it, I was like, well, let's see what the other site says. And they had an interesting point. They said, one, that's not common for items that suffer mass, like a plane that suffers massive damage, to- for anything to be salvageable out of it. And they said, secondly, least of all, an oven. Like, ovens are, are fairly fragile things. So you're telling me that this plane crash that killed over 100 people or around 100 people, but the oven survived so perfectly, you could take it out of that plane and then put it in another plane. And it would still cook. It would still be operational. And I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. So, I mean, I'm leaning more... I, I think that it's an interesting... And again, the thing that trips you up with this stuff, and me especially, is if the story is intriguing... It's more believable. And it really shouldn't be that way. But it is. If I had to bet money right now if there were ghosts from Flight 401... If that really happened on other planes... I would say no. I don't think it happened. But I still think it's an intriguing story. And I would have... Well, actually, here's my question. If the ghost was on a plane... Wouldn't it, if the plane take off... The ghosts fall out of the plane? Like, I still don't understand ghost physics. Like, do the ghosts suffer inertia? Like, if... You know how like, you're on a plane and it kind of, you kind of stumble sometimes and it does something with the goat? Would that happen to a ghost? I don't know. Still a creepy story, but I was a little bit disappointed because I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk about that on my show. But again, I like to present both sides, so there we go. And then the, the next two stories. <laughs> you're like, Jason, that's a terrible way to have a Halloween episode. You just told us a spooky story and then you dismissed everything. Well... The next story we're going to talk about is also ghost-related. I believe it's true, as in, I believe this woman believes it's true. The Flight 401 story, it could have been all completely made up and just in an author's head. But this story, I believe, is 100% true. That the woman believes it's true. So we're going to go to Britain now. So hop in. You know, the carpenter copter is in the shop. I don't want to go flying right now. So let's take the... Let's take the rabbit rowboat. And I know it's going to be a long journey, but I don't feel like flying after that last story. So we're in the rabbit rowboat. And we'll hire some dude. We'll hire a ghost to row us across the ocean. I assume everyone is... When you're listening to the show, you're just in my neighborhood. And you're like, dude, I'm in Lithuania. Well, you're in my neighborhood right now. So we're hopping in the... A rabbit rowboat, and we have to go all the way around the tip of South America. I know, it's a poorly planned out trip. But eventually, we get to Britain. And there we meet a young woman named Amethyst Realm. That is like a psychic name and a stripper name mixed together. Coincidentally, she is a psychic. So, this woman was married, and she's like, You know what? I need to try something else. This, this, This mortal man is not doing it for me anymore. And so she had sex with a ghost. And she's like, hmm, that's, hmm, whoa, that was the best sex I've ever had. So she actually divorced her husband and began hooking up with ghosts. Now, you'd think, Jason, I-, I can understand someone being lucky enough to have sex with one ghost. She's hooked up with 15 to 20 ghosts. So she's getting around. I don't want to slut shame. But um, 15 to 20 ghosts, I mean, Okay. Let, let's, I'm going to be clear right now. She's just masturbating. That's all she's doing. She's masturbating and pretending a ghost is having sex with her. And then she's saying there's a ghost. So by that metric, I've had sex with a million ghosts. But that aside, she's masturbating and she's saying that she's, uh, she's banging ghosts. Now, you're like, okay, crazy woman. That's fine. But there's another twist to this story, of course. So she's been dating the same ghost for a while now. And they went to Australia. Actually, no, she met him in Australia, I believe. And he flew home with her in a jet. Not fly, Hey, ghost on an airplane. I didn't even plan that. She flew home with him and they, according to her, had sex in the bathroom. Now, again, she just masturbated in the bathroom, but... She goes to the bathroom. She's got all hot and bothered. She goes in there. Her ghost lover comes in. There's a ghost watching from the oven. He's like, oh, yeah, this is so hot. (laughs) So anyways, she bangs this ghost on airplane. They've been dating for nine months. Now she's getting ready to marry the ghost. She's getting ready to marry him. I'm assuming it's a dude. So she's going to marry this ghost. And from what I saw, the ghost didn't have a name. The ghost doesn't have a name from what I saw. It I could have just missed it, but I've read several articles about this young woman. She's getting ready to marry this ghost, and she had the quote, she's like, it's not traditional, it's not like he got down on one knee, because he doesn't have any. Why does he only ma- Does he only manifest from the, <laughs> the knees up? If he only manifests from the knees up, does he stand the high, how tall is he? Does he walk on his knees, or does he float a good foot off the ground? How does this work? I'm glad that's my main question. Anyways, it's not a traditional marriage. He can't get down on his knee because he doesn't have one. And if you thought that lunacy wasn't enough, Amethyst Amethyst Realm is planning to have his baby. Yes, she believes in a thing called phantom pregnancy, which women have all the time where they get impregnated by ghosts. But they don't carry them to full term because they don't believe in them. But if she believes in them, this ghost can get her pregnant. She can have a ghost baby. The power of imagination is a wonderful thing. And the power of sexual fantasies is great as well. Her friends and her family, they're like, Oh, she's always been a little off, but we totally support her in anything she does. And and that's fair. She's not hurting anybody. If I had a friend who was trying to get knocked up by a ghost, I'd probably be a little bit concerned, but if I knew all her life she believed in ghosts and spirits and all that stuff, and then she'd been telling me she was sleeping around with these ghost men, by the time she got to having a ghost baby, I'd probably would have become pretty in pretty calloused to her lunacy. She is planning on having this ghost baby. Now, I'm assuming because I've read stuff like this for so long, I'm never going to see this woman appear again in the newspaper. It would be interesting, though, to watch her like gain a bunch of weight, Mm, just like those bridesmaids, just like maybe she'll be wearing a tight dress and it gets tighter on her. But I'm assuming she's just simply going to put on a bunch of weight and then say a baby came out at some point. I think that's what's going to happen. She's just going to be eating donuts until she gets a bit of a belly. And then she's going to be like, it's been nine months since I started eating jelly donuts. I just gave birth to this baby and she's going to hold air. And at that point, everyone has to decide whether or not to just go along with it. Do you change a baby's ghost diapers? Does a baby ghost go to school? Oh, does a baby ghost breastfeed? These are all interesting questions. Will the baby ghost have knees? Will it be like Casper and just kind of be... Oh amethyst, you wacky wacky girl. Uh, you know, again, it's this is fairly harmless. The as long as she doesn't come to the conclusion that to be with her husband and her unborn child, nonborn child, however you want to put it, is to become a ghost herself. Now that's when obviously you intervene. But other than that, she's just a uh, an interesting personality. Yeah, just yeah. Does will she have a ghost umbilical cord? There's a lot of questions I have about um, the the, the um, physics of a ghost in general. But the idea of a ghost baby. Where do you buy clothes for a ghost baby? What type of toy? Dude, that'd be creepy. You Like every doll you give it, it starts animating around. Okay, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next story here. Because I'm just going to be discussing ghost babies probably for the rest of the night with people who would rather talk about anything else. So you're like Jason, you told us about Flight 401, and then you kind of debunked it, and then you kind of said that it was creepy, and you're kind of skeptical about that. So, that's a, <laughs> that was a wash. Then you told us about a ghost banging a chick and having uh, giving birth to a ghost baby, and that's that. So, how are you going to end your Halloween episode, Jason? How are you going to <laughs> to come back from such nonsense... Now, I'm not. I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down on my nonsense right now. I want to tell you about a seriously spooky story. To be fair. So, there's a new group of paranormal investigators. I'm not even going to be able to keep a straight face. There's a new group of paranormal investigators in town. They demand to be taken seriously because they have proof, a lot of proof, actually. Of the afterlife. Now, what happened was this guy, he just recently leased out or got a new place for his business. And they moved in, they're just working there, moving stuff in, getting everything ready. And they started to experience paranormal activity. I'm going to quote this article here. Okay, so I'm going to read this to you, but I'm going to leave out a key portion of it. Lee says from the day they moved in and began to blank. At the site, he has experienced bangs, moans, repeated bumping, and things coming right at me, according to Lee. So they moved into this place of business, and from day one, they're hearing bangs and moans, and things are bumping into them, and things are coming right at them. Okay, so now I'm going to read you the whole sentence. (laughs) I was like, this has to be a joke. I had found multiple articles on this. and Unfortunately, it's true. This is the whole sentence. Studio owner Lee says from the day they moved in and began to film porn movies at the site he has experienced bangs, moans, repeated bumping, and things coming right at me, i.e. everything that happens at every porn set ever. If I'm a pornographer and I'm working late at my studio and I hear someone moaning in the next room, I'm going to assume someone's filming something. If I'm getting bumped and things are coming right at me, guys, that's vivid. That's all porn studios ever. But, okay. He's obviously talking about ghostly moans and ghostly things coming right at him. Fair enough. Still, I'm, <laughs> they could have. <laughs> anyways. So, he says that all this stuff is going on and they're catching it on video and he's been there late at night and hearing moans. He's hearing voices now. He's like, we're catching voices on recording. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then he goes on to say that it's from a spirit box, which if you don't know what a spirit box is, it's basically a broken radio. It's a radio that constantly tunes itself. We talked about it on an earlier episode, but it's a radio that constantly tunes itself. It's like a high-tech Ouija board. So I'll say, Charlie, Charlie, are you here? And the radio will go... By toothpaste walmart and i'll be like oh my god he's buying toothpaste at walmart so it's basically picking it's basically like bumblebee from the transformers movies it picks up random transmissions and it's up to you to determine them so if you sit a spirit box down and ask questions for an hour you're going to get a couple hits just from random things just like sometimes when i used to watch television more i'd flip through the station and you'd have i'd get five stations and the commercials would complete a sentence like you are going to go home now And it's just because it's going to happen eventually. So anyways, he has a spirit box. He also says that he also gets straight up disembodied voices and stuff like that. But of course, we need to see proof of that. And it's hard to say that someone's just not in the corner being like, buy toothpaste at Walmart. And they're like, oh my God, we just picked it up. We just EVP, EVP. Then he has stuff where atmospheric changes, the taps turn on by themselves, toilet flushed on floors people aren't on. Again, these are all... Things that happen just in general. But so you're like, okay, a bunch of a a guy has a haunted porn studio. So what he actually he's gotten together and he's formed the Paranormal Porn Stars. This is a new ghost hunting group that is going to have. It's funny because the articles make it sound like they're going to have their own television show on Amazon Prime. But I found one article that made it look like they were they it was them sharing the show with other ghost hunters and they were all competing against each other. Well, I mean, it's a marketing thing, obviously. He got some, I mean, incredibly attractive women, incredibly attractive women to do this. I'm following him on Twitter. I'm sure that they're either completely making it up and it's a good marketing gimmick for them, or they're experiencing things that they absolutely believe that are happening. I'm skeptical just because I haven't seen it myself, but if I went out to their porn studio and and saw this stuff, I'm not so skeptical that I'm going to be like, no, 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 that's faulty wiring or stuff like that. And if I don't have Amazon Prime, but if this show comes out and they're giving compelling evidence, then I'll be like, hey, you know, it's true. Because I want this, that's the thing. As opposed to most skeptics, I want this stuff to be true. I don't find any pleasure necessarily. I find, I think it's fun to decode a puzzle and to look at something and go, that's why that probably happened. But I would rather it be that there was a ghost on Flight 401. I'd rather it be that a woman is sleeping around with ghosts. Well, she's just masturbating. But again, And then I would rather believe that these super hot porn stars are actually walking around in the dark and picking up proof of life after death. So I I wish them the best. I wish these guys the best. But again, I think it's an amazing publicity stunt, especially around October. So we'll see. I hope they have fun and they do their thing. And if it's a publicity stunt, then hopefully that works out for them. Let's let's see some proof. Let's 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 get some actual proof. And you know what? It would be hilarious if after decades of professional ghost hunters hunting for ghosts, this this porn company captures indisputable proof that ghosts exist. Like, what if the ghosts do? They're just like they've the whole time they're just rattling chains and they see those hot chicks and they're like, you know what? We're gonna prove ourselves right now. And they walk out of a room and they're like, we're ghosts. Laugh after death. I'm, I'm I used to be an airline pilot. That would be amazing. All of these, all of this time and money put into these quote-unquote legitimate ghost hunting groups. And these guys actually find proof of them. So it would be, yeah, I would like to see this group. I think it would be hilarious if they actually could show up a bunch of these other paranormal groups. But again, you know, it's probably just a bunch of people running around in the dark with uh, catching orbs. Which I have no, an orb's just dust. Give me... Give me a disembodied ghost, or something, moving something around on screen, or, you know, really anything that can't be denied by a normal person. Skeptics will go out of their way to deny stuff. Most normal people will just watch something and go, oh, you know, that, that's quite puzzling. So give us something, if you give me something like that, then I'm on board with the paranormal porn stars. And, you know, you guys might just, would be kind of cool, maybe dump the porn star part and just become paranormal investigators. That might be a a cool vocation for all of you. But uh, Dead Rabbit Radio wishes you the best of luck. Well, that is our Halloween episode. I'm going to maybe have some spooky music going on here. And I did promise you zombies at the end of this episode. However, we're running a little bit long, so I'm taking the zombies out. The zombies will be on our season finale, which will be our Friday episode. And I hope you enjoy it deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio Twitter is at Jason O. Carpenter Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day but I'm glad you listened to it today Have a happy Halloween guys